thought it odd that the rabbi referred to the contradiction that we had on our hands to be wonderful, but that's what he exclaimed as he built up the apparent problems between these two, Halachos and the Rambam, the great Rav, discussing a topic about listening to Brachos and Shomea Ka'one, he yelled out loud, Ah, what a geshmakastira, what a wonderful contradiction. I thought it was odd. Who likes contradictions? What a fabulous incongruity. What an enjoyable disparency. Doesn't make any sense. Why would the rabbi like such a thing? Now, maybe, since this rabbi continued on his quest for truth to explain the contradiction as the beautiful sheer came together, maybe that's why he found it to be wonderful because he knew how all the pieces were going to come together. But we were still far before that point. We still had a big problem on our hands. So didn't make sense that it should be wonderful now. And all the other members of the show, when they were listening to it, they also found it to be wonderful. Maybe they knew the end or were just excited to see what was going to happen. But why is it in Judaism that we get fired up about two conflicting teachings? Doesn't seem all that fun. It certainly doesn't seem wonderful or gishmak. So at the beginning of Parsha Shmishpatim, as I welcome you into this week's weekly Parsha Ponder, I believe we have the answer that will teach us something about how to learn, how to learn Torah, that is. Maybe a point of controversy, something that bothered me, and I wondered what you will say about it. Perhaps you will argue. And hopefully we will understand why problems, steerers in learning, are indeed gishmak. They're wonderful. And our parsha begins. And, and these are the laws that you shall arrange before them. We are about to get a halachic manifesto, a big book of rules, a code of conduct. We're actually going to get the Torah about what we are to do, how we are to act in our daily lives as servants of Hashem. But instead of the Torah beginning the Parsha with Ela, these are the Mishpatim, these are the laws, it says Ve'ela, and these are the laws. Rashi picks up on it, of course. Nothing goes underneath the very keen eye of our teacher. Vih, says Rashi, is coming to add. Because Ela, if it would say it without the Vav, would say that these and nothing else, but Vih, Ela says, and these is including something else. What is Vih, Ela coming to include? Rashi tells us, Maharishonim Misinai, Af Elu Misinai. Just like the original, the OG Ten Commandments are directly from Sinai, the following book of laws and all the halachos are also from Sinai. So ve'ela, and these are also from Sinai. Okay. But we are not crazy to ask, well, 
why would anyone think not like that? Why all of a sudden? Right when I was preparing for this week's Parsha, I didn't assume these following halachos to be not from Sinai. Of course it's from Hashem. So why does the Torah feel a need to come and tell us? And Rashi pointed out right here, make sure that you remember that these halachos are also divine, also sacred, they're also misinai, also from Mount Sinai. But Rabbi Rucham points out that the answer is because if you continue to go through this parasha and pick up all the different mitzvot and understand what they are, it's possible that you may say, well, you know, don't take a loan and charge interest, one could say. Okay, I could have thought of that. It doesn't seem divine. Eventually, maybe one of the great sages would come up with that rule. Or all the different practical halachos about helping out your friends and helping them load up their cars. And if you see them with a flat tire pulling over to help them out, perika te'ina, taking care of people in the right way, dealing with money in the right way, dealing with converts in the right way. It isn't out of the question to say that eventually a mortal man, some peace-loving politician, could have come up with similar ideas, similar laws. So we're reminded before, no, these aren't made up inside of the breast of man where his heart beats, but rather, ve'ela hamishpatim, no matter how basic it may seem, no matter how self-understood it may seem, it is a strict and sacred halacha. To pull over and help your friend out. These halachas are not just social justice. Knowledge that has been acquired and a book of laws that has been set up. But these halachos, divine, and therefore they do not change. You cannot add to them. You cannot subtract to them. And no matter how the social norms ebb and flow, no matter how barbaric one may say that circumcision is before the next generation says that it isn't, before one generation will say that same-gender marriage is absolutely inappropriate, before the next generation says that you are hindering a person's ability to express himself, none of it matters because these halachos are divine, untouchable, irrefutable, because me Sinai, bah, they came straight from Sinai, just like all of the other halachos. It also shot to my mind that the same thing happens with an introduction to remember that a book of laws is divine in the Torah at the beginning of Masechta Avos, which as you hopefully know, is a safer about Musr, about ethics, about teachings, about how to live life with the Torah's Mahalich. And before any of the teachings about living with a smile, not giving up hope, making for yourself a Rebbe, making for yourself a friend, judging people favorably. The Mishnah first teaches us that Moshe kibel Torah misinai, that Moshe accepted the Torah from heaven. And he gave it to Joshua, and they gave it to the Zikanim, and the Zikanim gave it to the Nevi'im, to the prophets, they gave it to Anshikinah Zagadola, and then we get right into it. In the great Rebbe Vajami Bartanura, the great author, the great Talmud, the great Heilige Rebbe, who was the turnover from the Rishonim to Ada Achronim, and his epic Pirish of Mishnah, it says right here, Oimer Ani, I say, Lefisha Masecha Zu, 
this Masechta, this tractate, Enam Yusedes al Perish Mitzvah, Mi Mitzvah, Hatayra, Kishar Masechta, Shabbat Mishnah. It is not going to explain and make clear all the different psukim of the Torah, as does the rest of Shas. Elakula Musura Umidos. Sachta Avos is going to talk about Musur, ethics, Umidos, and proper character traits and character personalities. And Vachachme Umasa Olam Gamkein Chibru Savarim. There are smart people in the world, psychologists, great thinkers that have also written books about ethics. You have Aristotle, and you have great thinkers, Benjamin Franklin, smart people that have come up with rules that help to guide their lives to make them as fruitful as possible. As Kate Adias Naiga, all the men how one should act with his friend. Lefikach, it is for exactly that reason. Hischel Hatana, that Mesechta Avos begins. With the Tana's first Mishnah, the Masech Zu, that Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai to tell you, do not make this mistake. That the Midos and the Musr that is about to follow in this Masechta, it is not from the hearts of the sages. It is not thought from the mind of the Rambam or from the wisdom of Rabbi Akiva, Ela Af Elu, Nemru Misinai. They are laws the same way that it's prohibited to steal. And one should say Kriya Shema twice a day. They're mishpatim. Strict. Binding. Laws. They just happen to be in the world of ethics. But halachos and from Sinai they are. It's this difference between Jewish laws and other religions' laws that is our vart this week. That ours are divine. They're irrefutable. And they're from Sinai. Parshish Mishpatim is Ve'elaha Mishpatim. And these are the laws from Sinai, all of it. Even the ones that are self-understood, perhaps. Not to steal. Not to charge interest. And so to Mesechta Avos. Even if it does make sense, of course, you got to have a teacher. You got to have a master. You got to be an apprentice of some great innovator to learn the ropes. But we do it because it is divine. That's what governs our lives. We mentioned Mishpatim a great amount during Psuke de Zimra, during a lot of the Piyutim. We said in Hallelujah. Mishpatim bal yidu'um Hallelujah. I believe it's Kapitol or chapter 147, towards the end of Psuke de Zimra as well, that the Mishpatim are only made known to us. The laws only we know. But to them, to non-Jews, to Gentiles, they don't know. But it would seem that there are some halachos, some basic understandings of how to better one's life that non-Jews still engage in. But it isn't because of they are mishpatim. They aren't divine. And all of us, all of this leads us to the answer to our original question. It's why stereos are gishmak. Because when a law is from the mouth of Hashem Kaviyachal, so the answer is going to be something that sheds light on what the real Ratzon Hashem is. Because it cannot be that Hashem would say to do this 
and then do this, which is the opposite. We must not be understanding it properly. It must be our heads that need to rethink it, dig deeper. It's why you find the Talmud constantly asking contradictions. Vera Minhu, I'll ask you a question. Vehotanya, what about the following teaching? It seems to be a fight. They seem to contradict. The Gemara will answer. No. In this situation, it's different because X, Y, and Z. One of the most famous halachos ever taught, one of the most famous chidushe Torah given over at the very beginning, I believe it's the second or third teaching by the great Reb Chaim Brisker, Reb Chaim Salavechik, who made his money, quite literally, who wrote his sefer that changed the entire Torah world with his new analytical way of thinking and expounding the Rambam Salachos, it all starts with a contradiction, as do most of Reb Chaim's teachings, that this Rambam seems to imply one thing and another halacha seems to contradict. But no, because that's referring to this and the other halacha is referring to that. And that little area, that uh, patch between the two halachos is where we see Ratzon Hashem and what the truth of the matter is. The third shtickle we're talking about from Rabbi Chaim, it seems that one Rambam seems to imply that if one doesn't have the right concentration in his prayers, he may not fulfill his obligation. Another Rambam seems to imply that if he doesn't have concentration, it seems to be the opposite. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. It seems a bit ambiguous. But Reb Chaim points out to us that no, this Rambam is referring to where it's the first blessing. You always need to have concentration there. And the other Rambam is referring to the rest of Shemona Esrei that technically, even if you don't have concentration, it may be adequate. Or not adequate, but you get my point. You wouldn't have to repeat. There's a stira, a contradiction. But when you trust and you know that it's divine, you're forced to look deeper. And exactly as Reb Chaim continues to do, he shows you how to look deeper and then proves his thesis, his hypothesis, unequivocally and shows you why we need to have concentration in the first bracha and the rest is history, it's halacha. Mishpatim ba'al yadu'um halaluka. It's what makes us Jewish. The mishpatim, the fact that chesed is divine. It's also why leads us to our next possible rant that the new hobby, the new approach to Torah study is to make things practical, tangible, understandable, which is also understandable because it's our job to clarify Torah and to know what to do. But it isn't to be forgotten or lost that Torah is divine and hecher. It's higher. And often in a quest for clarity, we can fall into the trap of oversimplification. Where we may take the mishkan and try to understand it, which is good, but we may leave the topic thinking of it to be nothing more than a pretty shul with some nice vessels, forgetting that miracles would go on, 
and spiritual divine forces and miraculous revelations cannot exactly be oversimplified to be made clear. Sometimes we're forced to acknowledge that we have a lack of understanding. Sometimes our brains only take us so far. And instead of oversimplifying, dumbing down, if you will, certain hecher, higher concepts, to do our best job to understand what we can, but never to wreck the material in the quest to make things practical. I wouldn't think so. It's from Sinai. It's Hashem's house. It also makes sense that if we can't understand something, that's good. Because if we were able to understand something, then it would not be very telling that we are that we are God's creations. After all, we have been created by Hashem. So now it would make a lot of sense that we can't always understand our creator's objectives and wills. Sometimes things are above us and it takes a lifetime to learn them. So would it in the same way shock you if an iPhone didn't know Steve Jobs' life and wants? It, it, it's above him. We're creations. Would it shock you if Prime Music didn't know Bezos's ins and outs of his personal life? I mean, the muscle, the parable is terrible. But the fact I'm trying to put forth is that our lowness in comparison to our creator is exactly part of Tyra. And the quest of keeping the laws high and divine and sacred while climbing up as opposed to dumbing down and pulling lower to oversimplify, God forbid. That's never the approach. And that's why steros are wonderful. It's why contradictions are gishmak. And so much of the fun, exciting, revealing Torah begins with a how can it be that Hashem would say this and then that? Oh, it must be this. This would be impossible. One would be looked at as a fool to ask a contradiction between the Magna Carta and the Bill of Rights. How could it be that this amendment stayed azoi and the Magna Carta stayed azoi? How could it be that the Gettysburg Address began with this? But the Emancipation Proclamation says this. Nonsense. The laws of man, they ebb, they flow, they change based on what people want and what the leaders of the society are interested in on that given day. You can't ask contradictions because you'll be a fool. Not so by Tyra. We are Hashem's creations, and it's our job to keep the Tyra high and lofty and climb to do the best job we can of understanding it. And sometimes the Mishkan is a Mishkan. That miracles happen that you can't exactly explain. Because Af Elomi Sinai, it's all divine. And while the minds of man and modern laws may change, one day marijuana use may be inappropriate, 
illegal in the next. It's tolerated. Now it's taxable. It's good for the government. You know, let the people have free will, so now it's allowed, and that changes from day to day. Same gender marriages, it depends on who's in charge on the current day. Certain amendments could come and prohibit alcohol, and then it can be repealed, rescinded. Women's voting, yeah, not this way, the other way. But none of that can ever have a geschmack contradiction. Because it's man-made laws. Sichlius. But our laws and these are the laws that should be placed before you for they are divine for they are sacred and they govern our lives and it's our job to cheerfully obey them and if you'll allow me just to make one more short rant and something that I'm guilty of and I'm thinking about maybe eradicating or trying to, attempting to, to take out of my vocabulary. Because I found a great rabbi, someone I respect. But it rubbed me the wrong way, and I wonder what you think about this point of controversy. When he attempted to explain, did this rabbi, the knowledge of a certain halacha with a poem by Rabbi Frost. Robert Frost, I should say. And miles to go before we go, and miles to go before we go. It's a nice poem. I'm familiar with it. Perhaps you are too. But it was odd to me. Even though the poem did help clarity, but it felt odd to prove, clarify, and give over a truth that is untouchable, that is hot, with spirituality and sacred, with something that is from mortal man and maybe a smart man, but certainly not a Jewish man, at least not to my knowledge, would seem not so cool. So I'm thinking about the times that maybe I use references from the non-divine to prove divine things. Maybe it isn't horrible, but it seemed different. Not so appealing to me. I'm interested in your opinion on that. But we conclude that our job is It gives us peace to know that laws don't change. We have structure in our lives. We do what we're told, and this guides us to the promised land. You can't add mitzvot, you can't take away. And that's all part of the fun and the playground of Talmud Torah. When you get to find a geschmacka contradiction, because now you get to dig deeper and you find that, oh, Rashi asked the question and explains to you and proves to you exactly the answer. And every geschmacka sira leads us to a wonderful, beautiful answer that only unearths another layer of the Ratzon Hashem. So, let us all live by the holy, divine, and sacred laws that have been given from Sinai. It is.
כן דרשים, 